Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Hour two. Greetings, America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States of America. The phone number is 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be on the program, um, you should know. As I said earlier, um, I see. I think there's just uh, bad miscommunication. So Reuters and its uh, chief Supreme Court reporter sent out a tweet that Trump had been indicted in Georgia. That can't be true, as I mentioned, because. The grand jury is still meeting. They're still hearing witnesses today. However, what I speculated, I believe is true, is that the prosecutor has prepared the indictment paperwork for RICO. Uh, So the paperwork has been prepared to be submitted. The grand jury is still hearing witnesses, uh, which really does suggest how pro forma this whole situation is. Um, so the, the guy that the, the Reuters reporter has kind of walked it back. He jumped the gun. Uh, we know it's going to happen, but, um, this is not, uh, a surprise. It now appears that the document was placed on the Fulton County Superior Court website and then was deleted. just so you understand um, where Reuters got it from. Uh, In other words, the documents to go to the grand jury to be voted on for the indictment were put on a public website. They should not have been. They have been deleted from the public website. Um, That is the explanation. And as I told you, if you listen to me, instead of all these wacky reporters who don't even live in the state or have practiced law in the state, uh, the grand jury is the one that has to indict. Now, What they're indicting over, uh, we know based on their own leaks, is a badly mischaracterized statement by the former president. Just ask yourself this question. How many of you have heard that Donald Trump told the Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger to find him 11,780 votes. How many of you have heard that? In fact, that has been the insistence of the media for some time. That he was demanding the Georgia Secretary of State Find him those votes. Y'all, I have the audio of the phone call. Would you like to hear what was actually said? I bet you haven't heard this 
in a lot of the mainstream media publications and outlets that told you that he was telling Brad Raffensperger to find him 11,780 votes. This is so, what he actually said. Look, all I want to do is this. I just want to find uh, 11,780 votes, which is one more that we have, because we won the state, and flipping the state is a great testament to our country, because, you know, and there's, there's, there's just a, it's a testament that they can admit to a mistake or whatever you want to call it. If it was a mistake, I don't know. A lot of people think it wasn't a mistake. It was much more uh, criminal than that. But it's a big problem in Georgia. And it's, it's not a problem that's going away. I mean, you know, it's not a problem that's going away. And, and we got President, to- This is Ryan. We're yeah. looking into every one of those things that, that you mentioned. Uh, okay, our investigators, but if you find them, you got to say it, Ryan. Let me tell you what we are seeing. Go ahead. Good. We, what, what we're seeing is not at all what you're describing. Okay. And it, these are investigators from our office. These are investigators from uh, GBI. Um, and they're looking and they're good. And that's not what they're seeing. And we'll keep, we'll, we'll, we'll keep looking. We'll keep looking at all these things. Well, you better what check on the saying, ballots because they are shredding ballots, Brian. I'm just telling you, Ryan. They're shredding ballots, and uh, you should look at that very carefully because that's so illegal. You know, you may not even believe it because it's so bad, but but they're shredding ballots because they think we're going to eventually get there because we'll eventually get into Fulton, you know. That was that was what he said. Uh, they, they found no proof to the shredded ballots. Uh, they found office supplies that were shredded. Uh, and old papers, but no ballots that were shredded. And, but this is it. The media characterized that as him trying to get the Secretary of State to find him 11,780 votes. Um, he specifically said, all I want to do is this. I just want to find 11,780 votes. Uh, but that is one of the key components of the indictment that is now all but assured to come after it was inappropriately placed on this court website and then retracted. Um, we'll see where the grand jury heads probably tomorrow. Now, I, I, I want to move on to other stuff because there's actually more stuff out there than this. And, and the grand jury is still meeting. But I will give you the timeline as we in Georgia are expecting it is that an indictment could come as soon as late tomorrow. My guess is an indictment, if it did come from a grand jury, would happen probably around 4 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, the reason being is because it would make it into all the national newscasts uh, if it happened. It would also give the grand jury the morning to hear more testimony before deliberating, and I don't think it'll be a long deliberation. Uh, if that happens, then the expectation is that on Thursday, uh, the president would come to Atlanta to the Fulton County Courthouse to be arraigned. The Fulton County Sheriff has said he is going to make the president do a mugshot, unlike everyone else. Uh, he may have to quibble with the Secret Service on that one to get that done. Um, we don't know. I am speculating. You know I'm speculating here, but it is within forum speculation based on what's been said, based on the security arrangements at the Fulton County Courthouse, and based on the speed at which they can move. And again, I think you got to understand here, this is as much politics as anything else, and any indictment is going to come before 5 p.m. because they want to be able to make all of the major news out there uh, and have time for it to come. So that's the lay of the land. 
Reuters jumped the gun. They jumped the gun because of a uh, inappropriately filed document uh, that appears to be the charges to be requested to the grand jury by the district attorney. We will continue to monitor the situation. And as always, I will keep you update. And for those of you who are new to the program, just for perspective, so you don't think I'm just pulling stuff out of the my rear. I happen to have been not just a lawyer in the state of Georgia, but also did criminal law in the state of Georgia and also used the RICO statute in Georgia at a civil level level to go after a, a car dealership, um, which was uh, that that's that's a long winded story. Um, but it's, it, essentially, it was it was one car dealer who was operating through multiple doing business as locations. And they, curiously enough, were giving people loans, uh, making them sign the paperwork for the interest rate, and then were stepping out of the room, coming back in with different paper, getting people to re-sign because of a typo and the interest rate had gone up. Uh, And this happened to multiple people and came to my law firm's attention. And we wound up using Rico because it turned out that this car dealership was doing all sorts of other shady stuff as well. Guy wound up going to jail. Um, I, I, the law, the, the Rico statute is very complicated, but it is a powerful tool at the civil and the criminal level uh, in the state of Georgia. And it's one that the district attorney in Atlanta, Fawny Willis, she was an assistant district attorney for Fulton County, which is Atlanta proper. And she used the RICO statute multiple times to go after gangs and others. In fact, there's a massive case in Atlanta, Georgia right now with a rapper and a gang. And it is alleged that the rapper, uh, one of the allegations, if I understand it right, is the rapper was having concerts and was coordinating with the gang to be at those concerts to break into cars and steal stuff. And it was all kind of all orchestrated and collaborated between drugs and car break-ins and other things. A kind of remarkable case going on, and they're using RICO there. It's it's a powerful tool if the district attorney knows what to do with it. Now, one more piece of audio here you do need to hear. This is uh, Gabe Sterling from the Secretary of State's office in Georgia. He was with uh, George Stephanopoulos yesterday. Did you think that this is where that would ultimately end up, indictments of the former president? I mean, no. I mean, it's it's hard to believe we've gotten where we've gotten. And I know I'm kind of like probably most Americans and we're sort of got fatigue over the entire thing. Um, obviously, the Fulton County case is different from some of the other ones. It is. It looks like a little more expansive, a RICO kind of case. Um, but, you know, the system has to work its way through one way or the other. How, how close are you going to be watching this and, and what will you be looking for? I mean, I'm kind of like... Listen, I started off as a political junkie before I got this job, so I'll be watching it pretty closely, like any other political junkie, uh, just to kind of see what happens. I mean, the, the reality is, before the Bragg indictment in New York, Donald Trump was behind DeSantis. I mean, this has been giving oxygen to his campaigns. This is raising tons of money, and a lot of that money now, as I think was pointed out earlier, is being used to pay for his lawyers and not for an actual campaign. But it's driving him being ahead because he is becoming, make himself a victim. He's making himself a martyr. And a lot of the American people are going behind him because they do feel like some of these things are a little bit of a stretch. Do you think they're a stretch? The Bragg one especially is, I mean, he sort of bootstrapped that thing through to get it to be, you know, even avoiding the timelines and being able to get out of the statute of limitations. I don't know what's going to be in in the case in Fulton County yet. I mean, the one thing that we can do is we've been doing in our office and Brad Raffensperger and I for over three and a half years and since he got elected, tell the truth, do our jobs, follow the law, follow the Constitution. That's all our role is in this situation. 
you know, I saw David Axelrod the other day uh, tweet. He just thinks it's inappropriate for people on the right to say the Democrats are doing this to help Donald Trump get the Republican nomination to to ensure he gets the Republican nomination to Sterling's point there. Uh, he was behind DeSantis until the indictment. The indictment uh, brought oxygen into the race, made Republicans feel more sympathetic to him, rallied the flags, circled the wagons, and he skyrocketed into the polls and has been at the lead ever since. What I just find really notable is for Democrats denying this as part of their thinking, uh, we just went through an election cycle. We all just witnessed an election cycle where the Democratic Party, found Republicans they thought they could beat in general elections and did everything they could to elevate their profile to help them win their party nomination so that the Democrats could beat them in the general election. They, they literally just did this and they bragged about it openly. And now suddenly we're not to think that's part of what's going on here in their thinking with Donald Trump. Uh, why should we believe 2024 is different from 2022? Why should we believe otherwise, Democrats? You're the ones who openly bragged about that being your M.O. for the election, and here you go again. And that, to me, is pretty telling. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation, and you may really need HR. Well, You may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They can cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. Howdy. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Uh, just one more thing here and I'll, I'll, I'll move on, but I do think this needs to be said. Uh, and some people, well, will have issue with it. I'm sure. Cause everybody has issues with everything these days. I just, when you look at uh, the Florida case, look at the DC case, you look at the Georgia case, I'm leaving New York out of it. Cause even Democrats agree that's a garbage case likely to be thrown out by the courts. In those, in, in the other three cases, I, I I struggled to imagine a scenario where a group of twelve jurors would unanimously convict the former president, as opposed to his associates. They they convict the associates, but not him. Um, for a lot of reasons, I just think there's a a mental would be a mental impediment, and you know uh, the defense attorneys they get to strike jurors, uh, any rabid partisan. On either side, get struck. They try to do their best to 
have a fair jury. I just think that this is something we don't talk about, that the mental gymnastics of the jurors, although in fairness, as I've said to people, you are talking about the 12 people too dumb to get out of a jury summons. So there is that. But I just think it's something you got to consider. I also think that you have to consider this, that the pres- the former president's money from his campaign is covering the cost of his private plane and the cost of his lawyers. And between the two of them, they're starting to have a major impact. A lot of money that was given to other organizations is being called back by the campaign now. Uh, now, this is a choice. It is a choice by his donors to fund his lawyers and his criminal case. How long do the small dollar donors have it within them to give because the economy kind of sucks? Despite all the, 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 our economy is doing so much better than every other economy on the planet. We're actually rebounding compared to others, but it's still not good. The monthly cost of living has gone up. The amount of charitable giving has gone down. The amount of political giving has gone down. This is a a, a, a really, really um, big issue that I think the president's team and his donors are going to have to assess you when you continue to have indictment after indictment after indictment after indictment, and you continue to have to fly him around on the Trump plane. You continue to have to provide motorcade support of which the secret service doesn't provide all the costs most but not all and then you have to provide all the lawyers and you've got multiple lawyers and multiple venues you're gonna have to have georgia lawyers now you got lawyers in florida you got lawyers in new york you got lawyers in dc that becomes very expensive and weighing on him and the campaign and based on just the published reports already we're seeing that he's having to recall money that was given to other groups and pull it back in to cover these costs. It becomes a burden on the campaign uh, and one for which they're going to have to make some tough decisions soon. And you can say it's not fair. And I think you're, you are right in saying it's not fair, but life's not. And reality is indictments get expensive. And when you've got four indictments in four locations spread across east of the Mississippi, uh, that's a lot of traveling and a lot of lawyers and a lot of legal bills that are going to add up. Um, And uh, tough decisions are going to have to be made at some point. That's just the reality of dealing with these sorts of prosecutions, politically motivated or otherwise. Now, you're worried about your costs as your kids go back to school. And and I'm going to get to the story Uh, The average monthly cost has gone up $780 for families over the last year with inflation, and your kids need school supplies, and one of those may be a computer, or your business, your office may need new computers, and costs are going up. You might be able to save some money with vision computers because they'll build you what you want and what you need and what will last as opposed to the generic big box, uh, one-size-fits-all computer. They're also going to be your tech support, so you can save some money with them instead of having IT because you can call them and they'll navigate you through how to fix your computer. And also they will remote into your computers if possible to be able to fix the problems that are going on. They give you printer support, email support, so much more with a number where they actually answer the phone. Y'all, this is something else. A lot of people give you tech support, but then you wind up having to like leave a message and beg them to call you back. 
not with vision. They answer the phone and they call you back. They actually call you back. If they can't get to you then and there, they will call you back. But generally, they answer the phone. All you have to do is call them at 404-COMPUTE. See for yourself. 404-COMPUTE, anywhere nationwide. Call them. 404-COMPUTE, Vision Computers. Did you know China has made it a priority to teach students financial literacy starting in preschool? Financial literacy isn't taught in our elementary schools, and parents lack the resources to teach it at home. American kids are yet again being left behind. Now there's a great way for parents and grandparents to help the kids they love learn about finance, thanks to the Sensibles. And at bcs-kids.com, the Sensibles are a team of animated superheroes who help kids age 6 to 12 develop smart money habits in a fun way bcs-kids.com was created to channel this multimedia resource to kids everywhere. Buy a subscription for your loved ones, and each month, they'll get a Sensibles kit in the mail with an entertaining DVD, comic book, and activities. Digital subscriptions are also available. They'll also get access to an interactive website with a library of lessons, fun activities, and more. Want 20% off the monthly subscription costs? Visit at bcs-kids.com, enter the promo code ERIC, my name, E-R-I-C-K. It's the sensible thing to do. Subscribe today at bcs-kids.com. Hello there. How are you? The phone number, 877-973-7425. This Thursday evening to Saturday evening, I will be hosting my annual gathering in Atlanta, Georgia, at uh, the Grand Hyatt in Buckhead. I, I think I'm the only guy in radio that does this, where I get the listeners uh, and my readers together in a room. We will have I, we have maxed out this room. I, I'm I'm now having good friends of mine say, "Hey, can you get me in?" I'm like, I'm actually really sorry. We're at like total capacity in the room. Uh, we we can't squeeze any more people into the room, and it's going to be a great time. Uh, we have uh, Vice President Pence, Ambassador Haley. Uh, Senator Scott, uh, Governor Christie, Governor DeSantis, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy will be there. I got to pronounce his name right. Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, who, by the way, doing a town hall with my friend Leland Vittert on News Nation tonight. You can uh, watch that on News Nation. I've been doing a lot of TV hits with Leland on News Nation. We're actually going to play golf together next month. Uh, great guy, good show. Uh, really a fair, evenly balanced show. And they'll be doing that town hall discussion tonight on News Nation. Um, my goal for Friday and Saturday when I interview these candidates, we, we did not invite, and we've gotten some blowback from people, we did not invite uh, President Trump. We did not invite him for a particular reason. He has made very clear he does not want to share the stage. That's why he did not do the Tucker Carlson event uh, with the Iowa family Leader, It's why he did not do the Kim Reynolds event this weekend. It's why he's not doing our event. He doesn't want to do co-programming with the other presidential candidates. Uh, it's his choice. He doesn't think that they are legitimate candidates, that he's the only candidate in the room. And we just we didn't want to try to drag this out. Uh, we needed commitments from people. So we didn't invite him because um, we knew he would say no. Uh, he has made very clear he would say no to these co-programming events. My goal this weekend is to not mention the former president. I think it's a disservice to the other candidates running to have them have to answer questions about indictments and his statements. I actually want to know from these people, if you are president of the United States, what are you going to do? If you are president of the United States, what does your administration look like? 
you have for each of these candidates. You've got a former vice president, a former governor turned UN ambassador, a current governor, a current senator, a successful businessman, a former governor, um, multiple other current governors and people running for president. So why are you the most qualified compared to all of these people? And this will be the one time it's relevant, including a former president. Why should people choose you? I want to know that question. I want to hear their answers. Why you, not them? And then one question I want to ask them all, and and this is the question I want to ask for everyone. So it's not just presidential candidates coming. Uh, Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia is coming. Governor Glenn Youngkin of Virginia will be there. Uh, Senators Tom Cotton and Joni Ernst will be there. Congressman Chip Roy and Rich McCormick will be there and others. And I want to know from them, what's the thing that keeps you up at night? Donald Rumsfeld, who I got to know when he was Secretary of Defense, after he left actually being Secretary of Defense, got to know him. And he had the famous saying about uh, the unknowns and the knowns. Um, And let me see if I can pull up his great quote. Um, Because it's such a... um, It's a really good... Let's see if, if this is... I, I, and you all got to apologize for it, but there's a point to this. This is this is Rumsfeld. Reports that say there's that 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 something hasn't happened are always interesting to me because, as we know, there are known knowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know, but there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. It's actually a very famous line of his in uh, the execution of the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, the unknown unknowns, the things we don't know, we don't know. I want to get into that conversation with these candidates, and in particular, the two senators, Joni Ernst and, and Tom Cotton, who deal a lot with the military and foreign policy, national security. Uh, what are uh, some of the, the you, you can't know the unknown unknowns, but where do you think we should go looking for them? I want to actually want to get into that with them. Where should we go looking for the unknown unknowns? And my suspicion is West Africa. My suspicion is West Africa. The reason for my suspicion about West Africa is there have been a series of military coups and Wagner groups setting up camp in West Africa. But concurrent to the Wagner group, the Russian mercenaries setting up camp in West African nations from Mali to Niger, um, Burkina Faso and others, is that's where the Islamic radicals are beginning to spread as well. The Islamic radicals seem to be moving in areas where Wagner is, and they're unrelated. They are unrelated. To our knowledge, there is no coordination there. In fact, given the hatred of uh, Wagner mercenaries and Islamic radicals, they're not exactly peaceful to the extent we know. But it's something I think we need to be thinking about where do we go look at the unknown unknowns where, where do we even begin to try to figure out what do we not know we don't know there i mean there are obviously things we know we don't know and that's the hardest one the unknown unknowns where do you go where do you examine what do you look at who do you who do you interview to try to figure out what you don't know that you don't know 
And let's be real honest here. One of the things we're seeing in this country right now is an elite in this country who are exceedingly arrogant, exceedingly arrogant. They, they don't care that they don't know. They don't care that they habitually make mistakes. They don't care that uh, they continue to give us information that proves to be wrong. They don't care about you and me. They simply care about lining their own coffers. They, they care about their own advancement. They care about their credentials. They care about their titles. And in caring about themselves, they become very arrogant. They, they lack humility. We get to some degree, David Brooks and his columns in the New York Times about what if we're actually the bad guys, uh, and now his latest column of, of we're a people who are increasingly cruel to each other. Well, yes. In Washington to New York and the Boston corridor up up the into New England, yes, there's increasing cruelty. The coastal elite are increasingly cruel. The progressive secular elite are increasingly cruel to all the people they disagree with. Look at the people on CNN and PBS and MSNBC back during the 2020 uh, protests of small business owners who wanted to go back to work, who wanted to save their businesses. And on television, you had commentators on television saying, if they get COVID, they should be denied a ventilator. Where is their mask? And then the George Floyd riots, and they wanted to know why you weren't rioting with them. There's a cruelty in the coverage. Look again at the coverage of Hawaii, the coverage of Florida, the coverage of, of these areas of the country where natural disaster rolls through. And if it's in a rural part of the South, if it's a coastal area where there are a lot of Republicans, like, well, they got what they deserve, global warming. If it's in an area where the, the left lives, the elite are far more compassionate, far more compassionate, far more caring. And so the problem is with all of these things that they, they we get to this situation, we get to the setup where there's a level of, of conscious cruelty and arrogance. And in so doing, there's a level of, of ignorance and an embrace of that ignorance. And in the embrace of that ignorance, the unknown unknowns fester because there, there's not a curiosity. There's not an intellectual curiosity left among the elite. They presume they know everything. And they rewrite the rules to conform to the things they believe they know, even when those rules are wrong, how they've rewritten them. Look at transgenderism, for example. Look at transgenderism. That somehow now, Men can become women. NBC News had a piece the other day. I, I was I was actually somewhat stunned to read this from NBC News. That they talked about how in this piece at NBC News, sex assigned at birth that a majority of Americans, something like 70% of Americans, believe that, here it is, here it is, the survey conducted from May 1st to May 24th via telephone interviews with roughly 1,000 adults living in the U.S., found 69% of people 
say transgender athletes should only be allowed to compete on sports teams that correspond with the sex they were assigned at birth. 55% of Americans consider changing one's gender to be morally wrong. Look how fast this has evolved in the ethics and the ideology of the elite. It used to be that you were born male or female, but you could change your gender. Your sex was immutable. Your gender was a social construct. And along comes Matt Levitas, the reporter at NBC News, who informs us that we're assigned to sex at birth. And that may not be our actual sex. No, 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 no. Uh, this is biological. This is scientific. This is not a social construct. And yet the elite now in this country tell us these things. How many people in the next 20 years are going to have uh, medical hardship because they're trans and they go to the doctor and they say they're female, not trans. They say they're female and the doctors never bother to check for prostate cancer. Or they go and say they're male and, and no one checks for endometriosis. That's going to happen. We're going to create a new class of unknown unknowns, the lack of intellectual curiosity from the left. And this takes shape in cultural policy, social policy. It takes case in national security policy. It takes place in foreign policy, the unknown unknowns that are out there. And this lack of curiosity from the elite who think the world works the way they say the world works uh, by their will, even though it doesn't work that way, they stop asking questions. They become intellectually uncurious. They get stagnant in their thinking and more and more of the world shocks them. So I want to know from the candidates on stage. What are your unknown unknowns? Not that you can know what you don't know, but where do you go look? Where do you search? Where on the world do you think we should be studying so that our unknown unknowns become known unknowns and eventually our known unknowns become our known knowns? We have people running for president of the United States. The first elections are less than six months away. And the National Press Corps intends to focus solely on Donald Trump. And in terms of covering these candidates, covering these candidates in relation to Donald Trump, I think we do all of ourselves a disservice if we go down that road. So this week in Atlanta, on Friday and Saturday, as six of these presidential candidates sit on stage with me, I intend to avoid that topic and ask them what their administration will be like. And in the exploration of unknown unknowns on the planet, where are they curious about looking to see what we don't know that we might should try to understand, learn, and figure out to get an advance in this country and protect our national security, something the rest of the media seems absolutely incapable of talking about. Now, one of the great groups sponsoring and the program and the conference is Patriot Mobile, and I'm delighted to have them. You can move your cell phone service to Patriot Mobile today by going to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Now, what sets them apart? Well, they're actually Christian conservatives. That's how their business is set up. And then they take a portion of their profits, and they give those profits to the conservative causes you care about. So if you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today, you can get a brand-new phone number from them or use your existing phone number and take it to Patriot Mobile and move your cell service to them. And then they give a portion 
portion of their profits to the causes you care about, from the Second Amendment to the pro-life cause, to conservative candidates around the nation. They've got a great win record backing good conservative candidates. If you don't want to do it online, you can call them, patriotmobile.com slash Eric, or 972-PATRIOT is the number. 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. You're calling someone in the U.S. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Do business with a conservative company that shares your values. Uh, yep. Um, <laughs> sure was. Uh, the Fulton County DA uh, accidentally filed all of their list of charges. <laughs> what a moron. That. They, yeah, they, they, totally, clearly a mistake. Uh, Donald John Trump, and they uh, filed it improperly. And the screenshots are now circulating from reporters. Uh, violation of the Georgia RICO Act, solicitation of violation of oath of a public officer, conspiracy to commit impersonating in a public officer, conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, conspiracy to commit false statements and writings, conspiracy to commit fi- filing false documents, Conspiracy to commit forgery in the first degree, um, filing false documents, false statements and writings, false statements and writings, multiple multiple counts. Um, they accidentally put this on the Fulton County Superior Court website uh, and then yanked it because, well, surprise, the grand jury hasn't actually gotten there yet. By the way, I got to play this audio for you bef- before we do anything else. This is... Ron DeSantis, he actually went there against Joe Biden. Good for him. They want to reduce the role of parents and so that they can impose their agenda. That's why Biden says things like they're not your kids, quote, they're all of our kids. No, they're not your kids, Joe. I'm sorry. (laughs) And it also took you four and a half years to even acknowledge your own granddaughter in Arkansas. I'm sorry. That's just the truth. Oh, good for him. Um, Yeah, he he went there. Uh, the, a long, long weekend for all the candidates at the Iowa State Fair. And by the way, I mean, thanks to so many of them for coming down. I know they've got a debate. Uh, next Saturday will be the first Republican presidential debate. Can you believe that? Or what, next Thursday, the first Republican presidential debate. Uh, we don't know whether or not Donald Trump will be on stage. The candidates are kind of cajoling him to come. But again, like with, with our event, with Tucker Carlson's event, with Kim Reynolds' event, and and the event in South Carolina, he does, he wants to engage in counter-programming. He doesn't want to share the stage. He doesn't want to share the limelight. Uh, he doesn't want to do co-programming. He wants to do counter-programming. So the rumor that is afoot is that while the Republicans are on the debate stage next week, he will hold a rally somewhere and try to get uh, non-Fox networks. Fox will cover the first debate. Try to get other networks to cover his rally since they can't cover the debate. We'll see who bites on that. I suspect some of the more conservative networks might. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.